you're just funny. It's, it's funny, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how? Come here, come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, see? Who are you? Greetings and salutations, friends, family, and strangers. Uh, I'm Tony Barardo. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I, I wanted to do this episode, and I do these rants occasionally, so hopefully you guys enjoy them. But I want to do this uh, episode in particular because with everything that's going on right now, with gas prices and just all the inflation that's happening, the real estate market, shit is getting kind of wicked out there. And I don't know about you guys, but I've had a few career changes these last couple of years uh, for the better, of course. You know, I'm very fortunate because I'm, I, I've am i been dipping into real estate and I'm really good at saving money and, and things like that. But not everyone is, right? So, like, how are you handling this? Because it just kind of, you know, threw up all over us, right? I mean, we obviously know what's going on with the war and, and all that stuff, and that's increasing gas prices, but... I mean, as of today, March 10th, if you're not good at saving money or if you don't get paid a lot in your job, you might be fucked. You might be actually worried about this. And I'm kind of worried about this too, but the gas prices I'm not too worried about because I, I have an electric vehicle, so that's one benefit of having an electric vehicle. But, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe uh, electric might go up, right, down the road, so we'll never know. But I always say this in my podcast, and I say this a thousand times, we don't have control over a lot of stuff. A lot of that is what we get charged on stuff, right? Like whether it's gas, electric, taxes, you know, by tomorrow, the government could say, all right, guys, your tax is going up 5%. Like overall, food, uh, sales tax, all that stuff. Like it's going up 5%. They could literally just say that tomorrow. And you'll have to pay it. Like you're gonna have to figure out a way. Your job is not going to give you a raise because the gas has went up. Your job isn't going to give you a raise because taxes go up. Like you have to evolve and adapt. And I always say this in my podcast where the, the easiest way to be prepared for this type of situation is to be frugal and to not spend a lot of money. And I know that's hard to say because there's a lot of cool shit out there. But if you can get control over materialistic stuff and not want the newest thing all the time and not worry about shit that you want, you could focus more on the stuff that you need. And that's the key. That's what we're going to talk about uh, on this episode. We're, we're going to talk about something in particular called uh, called a break-even point or a break-even analysis. Uh, if you own a business, you're probably familiar with this uh, uh, formula that I'm going to go over, but I'm going to try to I'm going to try to make it more on a personal note, so I'm going to kind of add my own thing to it. But if you own a business and you're curious about it, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you already know this, but uh, if you own a business, the best thing to Google is just break-even point or uh, break-even analysis, break-even analysis formula, these type of things you could look up. But I'm going to kind of make this more on a personal level, which typically you might not hear because usually a break-even point is for a business. You know, it, um, it's the point where the total costs and the total revenue are actually equal, quote unquote, even. So there's no like net loss or gain in a break-even point. Um, and one that has broken even, so like if your business broke even, that means that everything's equal. So you didn't lose money, you didn't gain money, but you finally got to an even point. And that's 
kind of what a break-even point is. Uh, how I'm going to break it down is like we're going to compare fixed expenses, so things that you have to have versus like your salary and what you're making, and then things that you know don't really matter. And uh, that's going to allow you to kind of get to a point to where you can actually save money. And when you save money, what's cool about that is now that, you know, if you don't have a retirement plan, that's your savings, right? But also, too, that that savings account that you have will keep you secure in the fact of like a situation like this where gas prices are going up, different things are going up that you kind of have to change and adapt. And having that income and having that kind of that safety net is going to allow you to be less stressful. And if you're less stressful, you're going to have a better day, a better life. <laughs> you're not going to fight as much as with your spouse. Like there, there's, you know, money doesn't solve a lot of problems, so they say, but it helps to have, and you do have less problems if you have money. It's just a fact. I'm not saying money makes you happy, but it does solve a lot of problems. Like if you lay out all the top problems in your life, most likely if I gave you an extra five grand a month, some of that stuff might get solved. Uh, world hunger, for example, is a good one. If they had more money, they could buy more food, right? If we gave them more money, if the U.S. government uh, went around to all the, the third world countries that uh, are dealing with no water, no food, if we just wrote them a check or just sent them money, they'd be fine. <laughs> so it does solve some problems. So it's, it's good to have money. We have a lot of problems in life, right? It's not just things we're talking about now. I mean, you might have some some physical uh, problems, maybe mentally, physically, you're stressed out. Um, so I, I think a, a good way to cause less stress in your life is to focus more on the things that you can control, right? Like you can't control the gas prices, but you can't control the amount of money you spend at Starbucks, right? So it's important to kind of understand those two distinctions and know that you can control some things and you have to always be prepared for the worst, now, let's get back to the task at hand. So why do you need to worry about your quote-unquote break-even? Or why is this important to figure out for your personal use? There's a real benefit to figuring out how much money you actually have. But it's also a benefit to have you know the knowledge of what you can save. Um, but you got to figure out your fixed cost as well. Because you know sometimes we get in the habit of having a bunch of credit cards to help out our expenses that we have. Or maybe if we go out to dinner or if we go to Starbucks, or if we go to a lot of different places, you're using a credit card, but you don't understand that you have to pay back that money. So if you're not saving enough money, you can't pay back the credit card, but you also can't save money. And sometimes you uh, occur a lot of extra costs with, with credit cards and um, for not paying things on time or going overdraft on your bank account. You're accumulating $35 each time you do that. Trust me, I know I've been there a bunch. So these are all extra costs that you're not like plan to have. So it's important to get on a schedule and to figure out exactly what uh, your expenses are. So the easiest way to do that is to separate these expenses. And what I separate personally is uh, just like in business, there's something called a fixed cost. So a fixed cost is if you run a business, those are things you have to pay no matter what. So no matter how many units you sell if you own a business, no matter what your salary is at your job, you have a fixed cost. For example, your rent is a fixed cost. That's not going to change. In fact, it might even raise, but it's always going to be there. There's nothing you can do about it. Insurance, it's another good fixed cost. Um, also like a loan. So if you have any loans, I, I count uh, credit cards as a fixed cost because if you're using your credit card frequently, 
um, which if you do use your credit card frequently, you should only use it for a specific expense, in my opinion. So like, for example, I have a credit card that I only use for gas because I get rewards, right? So for example, if you have a Wawa, so you got a Wawa credit card, we'll only use that to buy gas. So that way it never changes. So if you're spending 20 bucks a week on gas, you're, you know that you're going to have to have that expense. You're going to have to pay 20 bucks a week, right? But maybe get some points and, you know, maybe it's a benefit to have a credit card like that. Uh, so that's a fixed expense. Um, also, like any other utilities that you have. I don't know if you own a home, like I own a home. So my fixed expenses would be electric, water, streaming services, uh, cell phone bill. So any of those expenses are fixed expenses. But I also take into consideration... You know, again, I have a Tesla, so I don't have to worry about oil changes or maintenance, but you do have to factor in routine maintenance. So like my fixed expense would be uh, if I had a, a regular vehicle that does oil changes, you're doing an oil change every, what, three months? So that's going to cost you 36, 40 bucks maybe. Let's call it 30 bucks. If that's $30 every three months that you have to do it, so you're spending $10 per month on an oil change. That's how I look at it, right? Because that's a fixed expense per month. Because when I do these fixed expenses, it's always per month. It just makes it easier to do everything. And then, of course, you take a look at your monthly income. So we went over fixed expenses. So now what is your monthly income? So let's say if you're making $4,000 per month, that's your salary. And then, you know, you have a spouse. Maybe you're splitting expenses. You know, he or she also makes four grand. So that's $8,000 per month, let's just say. So that's your total income, household income. Now you subtract your fixed expenses. So if your fixed expenses are five grand, well, now you can what? Save $3,000 per month because you make eight grand total, but your fixed expenses are five grand in expenses. So that's three grand. Three grand is left over essentially. But I like this. I like doing this math because now you can figure out what are your like other indulgence that aren't fixed expenses. What are you spending money on? Maybe it's clothes that you're buying here and there. Uh, maybe you're eating out. You're going to a restaurant, 50 bucks a week, 70 bucks a week, whatever. Uh, maybe your wife is going to fucking Target every week or Starbucks every week, <laughs> right? So these are not fixed expenses. These are, these are wants. These are not needs. Fixed expenses are needs. All the wants, these are things that kind of get in the way of you saving money, you not being worried about gas prices. And well, the more things that you spend money on that you don't need, so the more wants that you spend money on, the more you're going to worry about gas prices going up and taxes going up and all this stuff. So it's important to understand the differences between fixed expenses and the bullshit that you buy. <laughs> so like, for example, I'll kind of break down just personally, this is uh, what I use. There's a spreadsheet that I put together and I've done it for years. And I think it's beneficial because anytime that something changes or, you know, I get a new job or the wife maybe gets promoted or, you know, whatever the case is, or we change cars, uh, I always update this. And right now, like our monthly break, even I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'll just kind of break down a little bit about the money that goes in and out. So like, you know, I have a fixed expense of mortgage, HOA fees, uh, electric and utilities. And then we also do, instead of groceries, we do a, a membership service called Purple Carrot, which is really cool. 
Purple Carrot is, uh, they're not sponsored, obviously, but uh, I love using them because they send us three or four meals a week and all the ingredients are fresh and organic and it's plant-based. But what's really incredible about it is they give you the instructions to make everything. So it's kind of like a cool little date night. And we cook at home and we make it together and we play some music and we just have a good time. And we do that every single night. Sometimes on the weekends we'll splurge and we'll go out, but you know, five, six days a week we're cooking at home. So what does that do? So Purple Care costs me 70 bucks a month, or excuse me, 70 bucks a week, 280 a month. Now that might seem like a lot, but versus the amount of groceries that you normally spend, you probably spend groceries 150, 200 bucks a week because now you're going grocery shopping and you're paying for these Publixes and these Walmart and these Targets. You're paying so many distribution channels. So like if you buy your bananas, there's a lot that goes into it to get to the store. But then once it gets to the store, now these stores upcharge because they got to pay for the employees. They got to pay for the rent in their building. So if you're cutting out the middleman and you just get your bananas from an Amazon, believe it or not, would be cheaper. Or if you have a subscription service like I do where you're cutting out the middleman and it's getting shipped directly to you, that doesn't mean go to Instacart and do that because now you're talking about extra fees like Uberies and things like that. So it's important to kind of critique and to break these things down because, again, guys, whether you go to Winn-Dixie and you get the BOGOs or you, you clip coupons, that adds up. That's five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars that you could be saving each visit. And if you're going grocery shopping four times a, a month, now we're talking a hundred, two hundred bucks a month that you're saving. Right? And that makes a big deal over the course of a year. So you have to start thinking about long term stuff like this. But just going back to the fixed expenses, I also have fixed expenses like a, a subscription service to Perfect Keto. Perfect Keto, you, you guys probably hear me talk about them all the time. They're sponsored the podcast, but I, I used them before they were sponsors. Um, they just have tons of great products. Like, uh, I mean, they have collagen that we have every single morning. The wife and I put that in our coffee. They have um, lemon greens, which is uh, 23 fruits and veggies that's in a powder form. So I put that in my smoothies. But, you know, my subscription service with them is about 40, 50 bucks a month. But that gives me the vitamins and the nutrients that I need, especially because I'm plant-based. So it, it helps me supplement a lot of that stuff. And if you guys want to check that out, you can go to perfectketo.com. And use my code, you get 20% off. The code's the Barardo. So perfectketo.com and, and use that code, the Barardo. You get 20% off. And then also I factor in like haircuts as a fixed expense. You know, AC service. We have an AC service. It uh, comes out, checks the AC, does all that jazz. But they do it every quarter. But I break it up per month. And of course, you know, you got a car payment. Um, you got your insurance for your vehicle. All that stuff is fixed expenses. So now, again, just to put in perspective, you take a look at the fixed expenses and then you figure out how much you're making for your household income, you subtract it, what's left over? Let's use the example again, like we were saying, $8,000 as a household income per month, and your expenses is five grand a month. So that's just fixed expenses, right? That doesn't include like eating out, nothing like that. That's just stuff you have to pay. So that's $3,000 that you have left over per month without going out to dinner, without going to Starbucks, all that shit. So 3,000 times 12. So that's 36 grand per year that you could save. Now that makes a big deal. Because again, if you just buckled down and didn't do shit for a year, that means you would have $36,000 saved. And that's making eight grand as a wholesale income. Again, when you look at it, it's not so far-fetched to save money. It's just you have to have the discipline to do it. And I know it's hard. Why is it hard? Well, Let's be honest, guys. It's hard because 
the new iPhone comes out every year, right? Like, and it's awesome. We want it, you know, like I get it. My wife loves Starbucks. I love Starbucks. I, my dad, he got us a shit ton of gift cards uh, for the holidays and we used it like in four weeks, gave us a couple hundred dollars in Starbucks gift cards. It was used. And now we don't do it and it's hard. It's hard not to, to have Starbucks. I get it. Or whatever your fix is. Maybe it's not coffee. But these little expenses add up. Five bucks a day times seven days a week is 35 bucks a week. Do the math. That's over 120 bucks a month that you're wasting on just something that is in and out of your system. You know, when you could pick up something like uh, going to Perfect Keto and they have some great, you know, coffee alternatives, something with caffeine that's actually healthy for you, that's good for you, that has nutrients. It's not just a bunch of freaking coffee and milk that's overcharged in a stupid cup. Again, if, if coffee is important to you, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that if you want to indulge a little bit here and there. But do the process to figure out what your expenses are, save money, and then reward yourself with that coffee. Don't just, you know, spend money without thinking about it because next thing you know, when gas prices go up like this, then everyone's fucking freaking out that they can't afford to fill up their F-150. Well, if you saved money and had a savings account, you'd be fine. I mean, or you could just get a better job and you get paid more money, but again, that isn't always that easy. It's easier to figure out how you can live off of 30, 40, 50 grand a year and to be frugal with your money and to save money than to actually count on a job to pay you what you deserve. Because trust me, I'm the type of person where I've most recently have been challenged with figuring out what jobs to do and, and bouncing around like never before. Usually, I mean, my whole, my whole life since I was 18, I've always stuck around for jobs more than five, six, seven years. But now I've kind of been challenged a little bit with it. And I'm just very fortunate and lucky that I had the stickativity, so to speak, to save money and be frugal and dip a little bit into real estate because now I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about money. You know, it's definitely important when you have a family. You know, I, I only have the wife and a puppy. <laughs> so I don't have, you know, kids like maybe some of you guys do out there. But if you have a family, you have to start thinking about this stuff. You have to think about a long-term strategy. Unless you have a retirement plan set in a place, the easiest way to have money is to not spend money and to not fall in the trap of, we need this and we need this and we need... No, you don't. You know what you need? A roof over your head, water and food in your belly. That's what you need. That's it. These are your fixed expenses. This is what you have to focus on and worry about. The rest of the stuff you could live without, at least temporarily. You know, if you save up, like I said, for that 12 months and whatever your fixed expenses versus your salary, whatever that is, if that is that thirty-six dollars or $40,000 a year, if that's what you're, you can save every year, imagine you could save for 12 months. And then at the end of 12 months, that forty grand, you can buy a house if you don't have a house. It just takes one year, one year of not spending money. And you can actually buy a home. That's madness when you think about it. But a lot of people don't do it because why? Within that year, there's a lot of temptations. And I get it. There's a lot of temptations. But you have to rise above that. You have to be better than that. Especially if you're in your 30s. You have to start thinking about the future a little bit more. I mean, look at what the gas prices is today. Who knows? What if it goes up to $10 a gallon? You don't think it's possible? It could be. It's possible. 
We don't know. You ever think to yourself that in Florida, like I live in Florida, gas prices are almost $5 a gallon? Never in my life. Absolutely madness. Check this out. This is from USA Today. I pulled this today, Thursday, uh, March 10th. The cost of a gallon of gas in the United States continues to reach all-time highs as the national average has jumped nearly $0.07 cents this morning. The national average for regular gas is now $4.32 a gallon, according to AAA. On Wednesday, the cost was $4.25, so it's increasing every day. The all-time record high prior to this was $4.11, and that was back in 2008. And we remember how great of a year that was. Diesel prices are also at record highs, with an average of $5.06 per gallon. It's up nearly 18 cents from 24 hours ago. Guys, I'm just telling you, now's the time to buckle down. Now's the time to really get frugal, to not spend as much money, and to focus on your career. Do some side hustles if you want to make a little extra money because there's no such thing as too much money, especially in a time like this, to where we don't know what's going to happen. You know, things might get better, but they might also get worse. So start getting in a routine of figuring out how much money you need for your fixed expenses, but also how much money you can save because you might need to be uh, having that nest egg down the road. I hope this has been official. Again, this has helped me over the years, uh, not just save money, but you know, also have a better future for myself and, uh, and the family. So best of luck and uh, stay healthy out there, friends. Peace. Thank you.